Built in the 14th century, Lepp is said to be the most haunted castle in Ireland. As if the very stones were rejecting human habitation, the castle lay in ruins for years. Tall and lonely, the fortress had a ghostly reputation so strong that local people avoided it at night. Completely gutted by fire, Lepp was boarded up, its gates padlocked for over 70 years. But from across the fields, late at night, locals would describe seeing the windows at the top of the castle light up for a few seconds as if many candles had been brought into the room. When the elemental haunts the castle, the temperature suddenly falls. There is a suffocating, sickly sweet odour and an overwhelming sense of dread. Everybody, welcome to episode 202 of the Orange Jacob Do America podcast. I am your host today, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me is nobody right now, but we'll get into that in a second. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsors. First up, Caveman Coffee. Guys, go to cavemancoffeeco.com. I know Art always says cavemancoffee.com, but that's incorrect. It's cavemancoffeeco.com. Uh, check out their website. They got coffee beans. They got coffee grounds. They got hibiscus teas. They got shirts. They got hats. They got everything your little heart would desire. Uh, when you go to their website, pick out something and use promo code America. And Art and I and, you know, little Grogu over here will give you 15% off your entire purchase. So when you get your product in the mail, all we ask is that you take a picture of yourself uh, with your product, enjoying whatever you got, whatever your little heart desires. Um, tag them, tag Caveman Coffee, post it to your social media so that way they know that you are enjoying the product and supporting our podcast. And speaking of sponsors, make sure you guys check out our other sponsor, guys, the great, the powerful, the flavorful El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Guys, the kings of flavor since 1968. That is 50 plus years of Flavor Town. And when I mean Flavor Town, I mean the best hot sauce you can buy on any shelf across the world. I guarantee it. And just in case you can't get El Yucateco on your shelves, guys, go to shopelyucateco.com, enter promo code DOAMERICA, that's DOAMERICA with one word, and we'll give you 10% off of your entire purchase. 
And just like Caveman Coffee, they got shirts, they got hats, they got Kiss the Cook aprons. You know, they got whatever you want. Anything you can slap an El Yucateco logo on, they have there. But if you want some of their hot sauce or their accoutrement, just go to shopelucateco.com and a promo group, promo code DOAMERICA, and we'll give you 10% off. But guys, we're not here today to talk about coffee or hot sauce. We are here for the second time this week. <laughs> To talk about some haunted castles of Ireland. And unfortunately, we recorded this podcast on Sunday, which we usually do. And unfortunately, Zoom decided to take a shit on us and deleted all of our audio. So unfortunately, we didn't have any audio. We had a a stellar five-star episode for you guys this week, but we had to come back and record it. And unfortunately, Art is stuck at work on this Monday afternoon, but we still have the star of the show. Guys... I want to introduce the star that just knocked it out of the park yesterday. And I apologize so much for losing the audio yesterday. But guys, put your hands together for Mr. Copper Kelly coming all the way from Ireland. Copper, do you want to go ahead and uh, give a shout out to the millions? And millions of listeners. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) As everyone, I'm Copper Kelly. I'm delighted to be back again. I know we were talking last night and it didn't go through and you lost it, unfortunately. But... I had a great time and I'm sure we'll have another good time now and we'll go through all the the spooky stuff and uh you know in, you know enthrall your listeners as we say um, <laughs> yeah. hopefully you can understand me my accent and I'm not if I talk too fast let me know because I could spiel off and go 100 miles an hour but uh just let me know, Jacob, anyway, if I'm going too fast, slow me down or whatever. <laughs> and if you are going fast, everybody, guys, on every single podcast app, they have an option on there where you can Aye, slow it down, slow me down or speed it up. Because last week when we did the Zodiac Killer Part 3, uh, at towards the end of it, I think it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, Art and I were recording until, and we were both dead dog-ass tired. And so if you get us a little slow on Part 3 of the Zodiac, <laughs> just hit the speed, speed up, up button, and it'll sound just perfect. But... For this episode, I, I don't think you're, we're going to have any problems with you today because yesterday I was falling in love with your voice, man. <laughs> ah, sure. It's the one God gave me is to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do what thou wilt, baby. So um, like I said at the beginning of this episode, we're going to be talking about um, haunted castles of Ireland, which is something that I'm thinking might become like a, like a series of shows we might go ahead and do with you because when you talk about Ireland – is so rich with these stories. Um, mm. At first, I pitched the idea to you that I wanted to do, you know, just go over, you know, all the hauntings that happened, you know, in Ireland. And I got a little bit ahead of myself because <laughs> when you really look at it, there is so many so haunted many. castles, cottages, mansions, just all over Ireland. You guys have such a rich history over there. Yeah. And as I was saying to you yesterday, that America, I suppose, is a young country in mm-hmm. relation to the rest of the world. You're only 200 years old, let's say, um, give or take. Uh, but uh, yeah, Ireland itself, we're talking 10,000 plus years Ooh. of history and same as Europe and that. So like, there's an endless amount of ancient stone structures built by Druids and there's an endless amount of castles around the place. You can throw a stone and you'll hit a ruin of a castle. <laughs> and every castle have its own story and battles and wars and everything fought over a course of hundreds of years um so like some of the places we're talking about today they date back hundreds and hundreds of years and there's plenty of stories to to go into with each of them so you can't it's really on impossible to do an episode on haunted houses in ireland because literally you could do 
you probably do about 50 or 60 episodes covering just the main ones. <laughs> yeah. <kind> of thing. <laughs> so yeah, a- and even this even this morning, like I've had like a week with this topic. Even this morning, like when I was trying to find a clip, you know, to put at the beginning of this show, like even more stuff started like pop up, like the most haunted cottage, you know, and it was yeah. like, you know, this county. And I'm like, okay, let me click on that real quick and see what that one's all about. And then I'll just fall into that rabbit hole about it. And it's so... I said this yesterday on the lost recording, which you're going to hear me say a lot. Um, there's a certain charm to your guys's hauntings as well. Whereas like here in America, yeah, it's cool. Like you get like, you know, things from new Orleans or, you know, in older places like, you know, in new England, you know, where, you know, have like the Salem witch trials and whatnot where, yeah. where there's, there's some really cool stuff in there, but there's just something about Ireland. There's like this certain charm, you know, where I mentioned yesterday, you know, you guys have the Druids, you have, you know, uh, you know folklore about you know fairy hills and and things Banshee. of that work yeah the banshees <laughs> and whatnot and like there, to me like there's just some like inexplicable like charm about that where it's just like it's not just scary to be scary but it's scary with a purpose like mm. you know the whole story about the banshee where it's just like you're gonna hear her crying you know before you die you know yeah. it's not like okay she's just she's out there just being scary just to be a scary ass you know broad or whatever no that's there's there's a purpose behind it yeah basically yeah that's absolutely like, yeah this this whole story but this old hag like i i've had a friend that told me that they've seen the banshee that they saw this oh, old wow. hag down basically down the end of the road and this old hag was just standing there in a cloak and it's like almost like imagine the ring or something long hair and had a, a comb and just combing their hair and then apparently there you know you hear loud scream whatever but the thing with the screams is I don't know. Do you have foxes in America? I don't think you, you have coyotes and so you have foxes, like red foxes. I suppose you would, yeah. Um, yeah, red foxes, kit foxes. Actually, the college I went to had a whole family of foxes that lived on campus. Yeah, Wild, the thing wild is, yeah, yeah. The thing is, though, if you ever hear foxes having the old shag uh, in the mating season, <laughs> then they're generally screaming their heads off. So oh, people yeah? kind of can match that up to potentially that's you know what people thought was the banshee, but. Then you do have mm-hmm. stories of people seeing them and having family members die of and they hear, you know, within a day or two of hearing the scream, that kind of stuff. So it is, you know, it's a it's an old powerful legend that's permeated through Irish history for the last few hundred years as well. So it's it's not going anywhere anytime soon, I suppose you could say. And then yesterday we were mentioning we were talking about like fairy hills, yeah. where you were mentioning like a freeway or a highway uh, that had to be that that was built. I don't know if you want to go ahead and retell that. Yeah, there's. There's a thing in uh, Ireland, so we have fairy bushes, uh, or you have like fairy forts and things. Um, but like, there's this one particular part. I might have been in Cork. I'm not too sure exactly where it was, but they had a, a fairy bush uh, on a piece of land that they had planned on building a motorway through or a highway. And there was this local storyteller. He knew all the local legends and fables and folklore, and he basically warned the the council that was going to build the road. Lads, don't don't knock down that bush don't build a road here it's going to be you know it could be very bad if you do and of course what to do they ignored him because yeah you know don't listen to him and his foolish fairy tales um Mm -hmm. so they went ahead and built this road and apparently on that one stretch of road there's been an incredible amount of tragic accidents since the road was put there um apparently all the stats and stuff are there it's like go look them up it's like you know Alex Jones go look them up you know the, the facts are there but apparently they people, are. I, I'm not making this up people uh, you know the globalists want you to believe that <laughs> well these these fairy hills are run by George Soros and the globalists and they're turning those frog gay 
and all this crazy <laughs> stuff. <like. laughs> the fairies are turning the frogs. Exactly, gay. it's those fairies all along. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of weight held with that kind of stuff with fairy bushes, and, and there's also stories of uh, if you go into like a fairy field. Um, I had mm-hmm. a friend told me one time he he knew a guy. This is a lot of an early. It's like a guy knows a guy who has this experience or whatever it is. But this guy he, he walk he's on the way home during the night on the way home from the pub after having his you know fill of pints and he be he's thinking oh I'll go home now but I might take a shortcut across this field because my house is not too far the other side of it so he went into the field uh, across the hedge and into the field and started walking through the field but the field kind of never ends he kept kind of walking and walking for hours and hours and hours it stayed dark as well didn't get light uh, so he basically walking around this one field for what felt like days and days until eventually whoever had a you know power over him let him go and he found the ditch and he hopped the ditch and he went on with his life but apparently wow. it's like a fairy fairy ring if you get in, in a certain spot if you cross this threshold then you're almost like in a, a different dimension where you're you could wow. get stuck forever or they could eventually let you go so that's there's there's endless amount of stuff you could do a whole episode on just on fairies as well like it's wow <laughs> and well we might have to do that um yeah. but like with that said, like, like, you know, we were mentioning, like, you know, the fairy hedges and, you know, uh, you know, like the druids and whatnot, like you were saying, you know, with all this, you know, the, these stories, you know, when we get into uh, the castles, uh, these two castles that we're going to go over today, um, both of them were allegedly built on, you know, old druid, you know, grounds where like, you know, the druids, um, like I was saying yesterday, um, you know, they very much, you know, held a lot of um, a knowledge that, you know, wasn't privy to, you know, the average, you know, folk mm. within the land. Um, so there was a lot of secrecy behind it. You know, there was um, tales of them, you know, doing human sacrifices, you know, practicing, you know, the Aleister Crowley, you know, black magic and whatnot. And so they very much did not want the the general public, you know, to see what they were doing. So they put a lot of curses you know on those sites so it kind of it gives i guess a, pr- a pretext to what we're going to be talking mm. about because if these two castles um you know loftus hall and leap castle you know if they were built upon uh, a druidic you know ceremonial grounds um it kind of explains why they have a lot of paranormal activity yeah. there potentially potentially uh, i must say though i don't think loftus hall was kind of built on any any sort of druidic uh st- structure like that but definitely leap castle it was mm-hmm. said to be all right yeah but um i suppose i could i could jump into the the history of loftus hall and kind of give Let's you a background um so loftus hall is it's located in wexford in ireland which is basically where i'm from it's 10 minutes down the road from where i'm living and uh, we're on the southeast corner of the island of ireland uh and it's based on this p- peninsula called hook peninsula basically a good chunk of land that kind of juts out into the sea and we have like the oldest functional uh, lighthouse in Europe is Hook Lighthouse as well um, but many years ago about 1170 so nearly what's that 800 years ago whatever it was I can't do maths off the top of my head right now but um, <laughs> you had like uh, the Norman forces coming over from Narbonne in France which were descendants of the, the Vikings or the Northmen and so they came and they basically used this peninsula as their kind of entranceway into Ireland. And they came and they, they landed their ships and they killed, savagely brutalized like five t- or 6,000 of the local farmers. 
and just basically killed the population. And eventually they did settle and they assimilated with the Irish and they became more Irish than the Irish themselves, as is told. Uh, but the first guy was Raymond Le Gros. He was the commander of the, Nor- the Norman force at the time and he built a castle where Loftus Hall is today and it was basically Houseland Castle. Um, so he built that back then in 1170. But then it was during the Black Death and with 1350 then that the Redmond family built a Redmond Hall where that castle used to be. And uh, the Redmonds then had to defend this hall for many, many years from attacks from the likes of uh, the English and eventually Oliver Cromwell, which is a kind of a, a very hated figure in Irish history, especially because he would have captured and basically slaughtered many Irish people and sent them off to be indentured servants in like Jamaica and, and West Indies and things, which is a whole new story in itself. Uh, but <laughs> but um, yeah, so basically Oliver Cromwell defeated this guy and allowed him to stay eventually until he died. But then his family were kicked out and the, the, the hall was then given to the Loftus family. Uh, and the first Loftus kind of took ownership in six, in the year 1666. And that one six six six, that's uh, that number mm-hmm. becomes very prominent as we go along. Uh, if you haven't heard this legend before, uh, but um, then the legend itself happens in around seventeen seventy five, which is just a year before your own independence over there. Um, but this is just any other day. So <laughs> um, <laughs> we had a, a Charles Tottenham. He was the lord of the house, and he kind of married into the, Lo- the Loftus family. Uh, so him and his second wife, Jane, and uh, Charles Tottenham's daughter from his first marriage, uh, Lady Anne, were the three main inhabitants of the house and they had their servants and all. They were like a well-to-do landlord mm-hmm. family. So they were, they were, uh, they were, they were not po- poorly off. Uh, but the thing is, Lady Anne, she was kind of this character where she's probably too high a class to deal with the, or to go and um, socialize with the local peasants and farmers. You know, they were below her. So she was very, obviously very, very lonely. She had no one to talk to except for her parents. Uh, but then this one one, one night, there was a huge storm. And it was said that during the storm, a ship landed at the local harbour called Slade Harbour. And from this ship, this one guy uh, departed. And as soon as the ship, uh, as soon as he departed the ship, the ship left and sailed off and was apparently never seen again. Uh, but then this one guy, he got a horse. He started looking. He wanted to look for shelter, obviously from the storm. So he got a horse and he kind of shot up along the peninsula, looking for somewhere to take refuge. And he saw the light in the windows of Loftus Hall from the road. So he decided oh, this is as good as anywhere. So he went up and he knocked on the door. And uh, so the butler answered, whoever it was. And this guy was a well-spoken, you know, cleanly dressed gentleman. Uh, so he was invited in and he was, you know, very endearing and charming to the family. So they basically let him stay for a couple of nights or as long as he wanted, pretty much. And uh, and in in the evening times, didn't have a lot of entertainment, didn't have Netflix or anything like that. So all he really do was play <laughs> card games by the candlelight. So card games is just the way it was done. Uh, so they started playing card games and the stranger... And Lady Anne became kind of fast friends and they started playing cards together as a team and they could never lose because they were so good together. Uh, but then one one of the evenings, they were playing very late at night and at midnight, the grandfather clock in the corner struck midnight and which gave Lady Anne a fright. So she kind of jumped and the cards fell out of her hand. 
they fell under the table, the car table. Uh, so she went down onto the floor to to pick them up, as you, you as you would do. But instead of seeing the strangers, you know, boots or shoes, uh, instead she saw these uh, cloven hoofs of like a goat. And uh, the man saw that he was discovered, you could say, and he flew into a raging ball of fury and he basically lit up like a ball of flame and this fireball shot around the room, uh, basically scaring the life out of everyone that could see it and then reportedly shot up through the ceiling and out the top roof and shot away into the distance, never seen again. And uh, the hole in which that he, you know, the, the hole where he shot up, apparently they could never ever fix it. They tried fixing it and putting a, a statue of the Virgin Mary beside it in order to bless it and keep it holy and so on. But they were never able to to fully seal it up. And it was still there at the time I was actually working there. I don't think we mentioned that. I used to work there for about a year. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> um, so then, to continue the legend, Lady Anne fully never fully recovered from seeing this, you know, this crazy sight, and she kind of supposedly went mad. So they had to lock her away in the tapestry room, which reportedly became the the scariest, or I suppose, the most haunted room in the in the house. And so she was locked away for years. She barely ate, she barely drank, she, you know, wouldn't take any visitors, none of this kind of thing. And eventually she died. But the thing is, when she died, she had been sitting in such a position that she had her knees to her chin and she was rocking back and forward, back and forward. And uh, so when she died, they couldn't actually straighten out her body. The rigor mortis set in or even before she before she died, her body just kind of seized up. So they ended, have, ended up having to um, bury her in this. I suppose triangle-shaped coffin, and as you said as well, they buried her under, like, mm-hmm. you know, a few feet of cement to kind of either keep her in or keep people out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's and that's the general legend, and of course, there's a few ghost stories that uh, come as a result of that. But do you want me to start getting into the ghost stories, or do you want to? Yeah, let's talk about that because, like you mentioned, you actually worked at Loftus Hall, which I thought I didn't know initially. Because when I pitched the idea to this to you, I was just like, "Oh, okay, he's Irish. He probably <laughs> he probably knows a couple of uh, tales by heart and whatnot." But when you mentioned it, and you actually have a YouTube channel uh, where you actually tell the tale as well. So if you want, just go ahead and jump into that because I feel I feel like that's fascinating shit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was working there for about a year back in 2016. And apparently it was the 666th year anniversary oh, wow. of the house. <laughs> so that was a big, you know, a big thing. It was like a tourist attraction at the time. We were doing yeah. uh, day tours and things like that. So I was kind of working uh reception selling tickets. I was working after the gift shop. I was doing tour guides or, you know, doing tours the odd time. And I, at Halloween, I set up smoke machines and lights and uh, sensors and I didn't tell you this, but I was actually standing. I was like dressed up in a, a cloak. Like the, on Halloween, it was like these special tours where you kind of go at nighttime and you're basically all our tour guides were like actors, like a haunted house that you have in America. But we yeah. did it in an actual haunted house. So it was. <laughs> <laughs> Not so an was, old Kmart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so like I was dressed up in a cloak. I had a mask like it was Corey Taylor. So I, and I was standing now <laughs> at the end of this. Uh, Wait, this, pause, pause, pause. Slipknot Corey Taylor or <laughs> or like solo record Corey Taylor? No, yeah, Slipknot. It's like, I suppose okay. his mask on like subliminal verses. Kind of look okay, like that. Okay, that era. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, or The Fiend. 
yeah, our fiend, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was, my job was like to stand at the end of this really dark hallway on my own for hours and hours waiting for like small groups of people to pass by and I just jump out the shadows and absolutely like death scream into their face. And, uh, and I had one girl, she goes, uh, she was sent down on her own because they'd kind of pick out the good looking girls and they send, send them down the hallway on their own and then I'd be there to jump out the shadow at them. And, and she saw me and she's like, oh, no, Jesus, don't scare me. I'm about to get sick. I'll get sick. Oh, don't don't scare me. Don't scare me. So I was like, OK, don't get sick here. I'll be smelling it all night. And I kind of just kicked her out. Because <laughs> you know? I cleaned that shit up. Yeah. And uh, so that was great crack. But um, there was one time I was just going to my own personal supernatural story, I suppose you could say, or paranormal story. Uh, so there was one time I had to clear out some old bedrooms on the first floor of the hall, um, which people don't go up to because it's not very safe. The floor, the flooring isn't very good, especially big crowds of people that probably end up going through the floor. Um, but I had to clean out one of the old bedrooms because there was a, a movie about to be shot in the hall and they wanted to use some of these bedrooms as sets for different scenes. So I had to go up to this uh, this bedrooms and they were just full of old rubbish, old suitcases, old dead pigeons, you know, blocks of plaster that fell off the wall, all this kind of stuff. So I was clearing all that out and um, had the door of the room, big, heavy oak wooden door. That door was uh, kind of opened by its, and it kind of held by its own weight. I didn't have a prop against it or anything like that. And of course, I had the windows open of the room due to like dust and stuff like that. But it was nice, kind of, it was a clear day. It was in the middle of the day. It was a nice, clear summer day outside. It wasn't windy, um, nothing like that. So I basically picked up a, a box of rubbish. Uh, walked down the corridor down to the top of the great staircase which is like a big centerpiece of the hall itself um, which is actually said to be a sister staircase of the one that was in the Titanic oh, it was wow. built in the same Italian factory by possibly some of the same team that built the, the one on the Titanic and there's also one in the Vatican that's another st- yes. sister staircase um, but if yeah if, if listeners want to look up pictures of the staircase it's a it's a magical looking yoke um, but I'll put it down on the YouTube too. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to the, the top of the staircase, basically took the first step down, took the second step down. As soon as my foot nearly hit the second step, the door of the room that I'd just come from slammed shut really, really hard. Like, like as if, you know, like James Heffield in some kind of monster when he slammed the door. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that hard. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I instantly thought, oh, lads, okay, this is my lucky day. I've been working here for months you know, spending hours in at night time on my own. I haven't seen a damn thing. I'm like, oh, this is finally it. I get to see something. So I put down my box and I went back <laughs> to the You became room. Zach Baggins within that moment? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so Did you go, I, um, come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. Pump in the chest, you know. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I basically went back to the room, opened the door, seeing, you know, did someone sneak in and were they playing a trick on me? But at the time I was on my own. Pretty, I was on my own in the house. There might have been another guy... Uh, doing work on like a far piece of land, uh, far far piece of the, the 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 whole, you know, the whole land or grounds, you could say. Uh, so he was out outside there somewhere, but I was on my own in the house. So I went back to the room, opened the door. Everything seemed normal. There was no one there. The wind hadn't picked up outside. So that's the first thought. Obviously, it was like, oh, the wind picked up and it just pulled the door closed with the draft. But it was normal, quite calm day. And then I said, okay, that's it. So and I'll carry on. So I basically got my second load of rubbish or trash and uh, went down the same corridor, hit the first step of the, st- the top of the staircase, got on the second step. And again, the door slammed shut uh, like James Heffield storming out of the room. 
and uh, so same thing again as soon as I hit the second step so again I went back opened the door nothing there and I couldn't explain it and it didn't happen again for the rest of the day the window was still open for the rest of the day and it, it had no door slamming on me uh, at any other time when I was working there either so I instantly tried to explain it as oh it's just the wind picked up but it was a nice quite calm day and I had no reason for this huge heavy wooden oak door to suddenly slam shut like that yeah it'd be one thing if um the wind picked up and it like you know it would probably like slowly creep and shut it wouldn't just slam like that also too like when you told that story uh last night on the missing recording um i was thinking too yeah there's there's been instances in my mom's old house um where you know she has like it's a funky structure where like you close one door and another door will shut but then again, that house was actually possessed. <laughs> had to be, this you know, exercise. That's the famous house. But, you know, I could explain like doors shutting on their own because of that. Yeah. If you shut something, you know, it created like some reverberation where it would shut another door. Um, um, but when you're telling this story, I'm thinking about, wow, like the fact that you, you put a foot on the same exact step and the door slams like that, either that's some crazy, crazy spot on coincidence. Coincidence, yeah. Or there was like a spirit <laughs> or some kind of energy or entity that was trying to, you know, give you a go, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was just like, hey, let, I'm going to let you know that I'm here, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Because, again, that famous house that my that was possessed, you know, my mom's house, um, things like that would happen. You know, you would hit, you know, a certain room at a certain time of day or night and, you know, something would happen. And you hear about that all the time, like with paranormal researchers where, you know, there's like a ghost is on loop or a spirit is on loop or, you know, something triggers them to, you know, an act in action. So like you just doing what you were doing, you know, you were rustling in that room, you were disturbing maybe a spirit. Yeah. And he was like letting you know, like, hey, I, I need to know, like, if you're OK or not, because mm. we had a lot of instances like when we first moved into my mom's house where it was just like you can tell, like, it's like a wild animal. Like, I just need to test you out here. You know, make sure you're like you're not here to like have me for dinner or something, or yeah. you know, you know, mess me up here, if you will. So yeah. that's what, in my mind, in my expert opinion, mm. quote unquote, <laughs> yeah. that's what I think was going on. And the way I think of it as well, like yeah, kind of like what you're saying, maybe like this room was locked pretty much for the last twenty twenty years, maybe. Uh, no one in there, no one out there. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe there is some, you know, uh, some inhabitant of the room that had the room to themselves for the last 20 years. And then suddenly this fella comes in and starts ripping things out and, you know, moving and causing dust and causing disturb, you know, disturbing his peace or whoever. And he just wants yeah. to tell me, hey, get out of my room. <laughs> you know, yeah. Could be something Let me like put that. some pants on first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's my main paranormal experience um, there was one time I did get an earth spook actually um, I was we're doing the, the Halloween tours and I was kind of going through the house making sure everyone was kind of in their place all the other actors and stuff like that and I kind of popped my head into the tapestry room which is where Lady Anne was kept which is supposed to be the haunted room actually we'll, I'll, I'll tell you a bit more about that, that I forgot to tell you last night um, but I just popped my head in the door and there's a guy called Joe he's supposed to be in there I said like, hey Joe are you in there and I heard nothing and all of a sudden 
he is like ghostly white face just appeared from the dark in front of me and I was like holy shit oh my <laughs> god it was Joe he had, he had kind of oh, white okay. makeup on his face and I literally taken aback said oh he didn't he he must have thought I could see him walking towards me but it was just so pitch black that I couldn't and that was like legitimate utter scare that I had in the house but it was you know it could be explained <laughs> <Asshole>. <laughs> it wasn't but, uh, Lady Anne was it? no no but apparently like uh, Lady Anne she became a, uh, a constant, um, what people report seeing her walking around the hall many times after she died. And uh, I, f- I forgot to tell you actually last, uh, last night in the last recording um, that in this, um, the uh, tapestry room where she was kept, uh, and even I can attest to this because the first time I ever took a tour in the house, long before I was working there and I knew the story, I went into the tapestry room and I was standing in this particular corner, you know, as the tour guide was giving her spiel to the rest of us. I was standing in this corner. I was like, oh, it's a bit cold in this corner. Like, I feel it my nose. It's, you know, there's something, there's coldness in this place. And then the tour guide went, and uh, you saw her over in the corner. Do you know it's setting weird over there? I was like, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit cold over here, all right. And she, yep, that's uh, a common common thing. There's a cold spot in this room, and that's where exactly where you're standing. And it's a, a very common occurrence, apparently. And people always feel it and... I felt it without being told about it. So I'm like, it's it definitely make you think as well. What's weird about that too is like when you hear things like that, like immediately like my skeptic mind is just like, okay, they probably have like the AC like positioned yeah. right there. But we're talking about like buildings that are hundreds of years old. Mm. Like it's not like you could just put a swamp cooler or something like right there, like to be able to force that. So like if you're, if they're pulling your leg here, I mean, that's a very extravagant, probably possibly expensive you know, gag, you know, to be able yeah. to create that effect or it's a fucking ghost. Yeah, exactly. And I worked <laughs> there as well. I know the ins and outs of all uh, like on Halloween, we do have things to kind of move things and stuff, but that's only on Halloween. Whereas, you know, during the normal time of the year, there is no uh, cooler in that room. There's just the, the, all the rooms have this like ancient wiring, pretty much like hundred year old wiring that you don't mm-hmm. want to mess with unless you, you know, it could burn the house down. If yeah. Something go wrong or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's definitely nothing in that room. I could not explain that cold spot. So that definitely was there. Um, but yeah, Lady Anne was, um, seen walking up and down the, like I didn't see her personally, but for many years, many guests in the house over the years have seen her walking down. And I told you the story as well about how she came into the room of a visitor and the visitor was sleeping in bed and this beautiful looking young woman appeared at the end of his bed, uh, with a candle, just looking at him basically. Like who are like looking for someone in the bed, let's say, but yeah. um, he was obviously very spooked. But she kind of ended up walking off or disappearing in whatever way. Uh, so the next night, uh, she appeared again, and he obviously the guy was spooked again. But the next night, I think he went off and hid in the shadows, hid in the side or hid behind the curtain or whatever it was. And she came into the room, stood at the end of the bed. He jumped out from behind the curtain and basically kind of jumped forward and trying to catch her, but he ended up going straight through her. And she disappeared. So it's that kind of, and he was probably looking for a little bit of fun with this good-looking girl. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't happen for him, and he was very, very spooked. And there's plenty of stories of people, basically, they're staying as guests in the in the house, and they basically pack and leave during the middle of the night, never to be heard from again. Because like you know, I'm out of here. I'm not putting up with that. I'm gone. Pretty much yeah. a lot of those kind of stories as well. Because it used to be a hotel, correct? That's right. That's right. Yeah. It was actually, yeah, it was a house for many years. And uh, in, 
I didn't, we didn't actually mention this last night. In eighteen, what was it, eighteen seventies, they ended up spending like millions and millions of dollars renovating the house, uh, putting in like fancy staircases, chandeliers, marble stair. There's like fourteen or fifteen marble fireplaces in the house, um, really decadent, um, and they basically renovated because it was they're supposed to be getting a visit from Queen Victoria, so mm-hmm. they had to you know do up the house and. Uh, make sure it was proper for the queen to come and visit and so on. But apparently she got wind of the spooky goings on. So <laughs> she like ended up hard pass, going. hard pass. So they basically spent like, I think it's something like in today's money would have been $70 million, Ooh. something like that on renovate the house just for her to come. But she didn't come. Um, but yeah. And so they ended up basically bankrupting them. And wow. they ended up sending, selling the, um, eventually selling it to uh, the local church. And it became a convent and a school for girls over from like 1917 until I think the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, then it became a hotel in the early 80s. I used to call Loftus, Loftus Hotel or whatever it was. Uh, so a, a man and a woman, uh, wife and husband owned the hotel. And uh, when the man died of a heart attack, the the woman closed the hotel, but she kind of continued staying in it. And uh, but she ended up uh, living in like one section of the house, and she never ventured into the other sections of the house. But because apparently during the night she'd hear all sorts of noises and screams and whatnot going on over there, so she basically kind of kept to her safe side of the house. And um, there's stories. There's actually a story I forgot to tell you as well. There's so many stories I forgot to tell you <laughs> last night. So it's good that we're doing a second round, I suppose. That's right. Um, but she, on one hand, she used to open, if you go up to her, she could open up and say, hey, come on in, we have a look a look around, we'll give you a little kind of personal tour. But on the hand, I heard a story where they were looking for someone that could have drowned on a, a boat, let's say, uh, in the local area. And apparently he could have washed up on the beach. That's basically, just, Loftus Hall has its own little beach. Um, so the, the guardie or the, the police, the cops, uh, they came along to the owner of the, the hall at the time and they asked her, can we search the beach for, um, you know, see if we can find this guy. But she came out with a shotgun. It's like, get the feck off my land, <laughs> pretty much. And she wouldn't let them. But apparently, eventually, they got access to the land and they did indeed find the body on the on the beach. Wow. Um, yeah, so she, and she basically lived there for many years, kind of getting, I think, the groceries were delivered to her by some local guys or whatever. Uh, so she... Ended up living there for a long, long time on her own. But then she became too old. She was sent off to a, a home eventually. And the house became abandoned completely then for probably 15, 20 years, let's say. So the roof opened up over the grey staircase. It was like open to the elements and people broke in, broke windows. Satanic rituals apparently were mm-hmm. carried out in the place. Um, the And also... Uh, there's a, a chapel in it. There's an actual chapel um, where they have uh, paintings on the walls, like the Stations of the Cross, which is, you know, it's a Catholic, very Catholic thing where um, it shows each, you know, part of when Jesus was crucified or whatever. Um, but all the all the pictures are def- defaced and you can't see them anymore. They're all horrible. Um, there's like symbols drawn all over the place. And apparently when the new owners, they bought it in probably about t- 2011, um, they went and opened up the place for the first time and there was religious statues all over the house but every single one of them were missing their heads they're all broken off and apparently then they tried to get into a storage room but they were pushing the door pushing the door and they couldn't get in and there was no other entrance or exit to this room 
So eventually they pushed away into the room and apparently all the heads were stacked up against the inside of the door. <laughs> so um, now I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a good story anyway, no matter what. Um, so it's, uh, there's a, uh, basically Rich it's been history. A, uh, huh? It's a rich history. <laughs> rich history, yeah. So it's been a tourist, um, a tourist uh, attraction since then until it closed again, uh, you know, started 2020 because of mm-hmm. that thing we cannot talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's actually up for sale at the moment. Did I tell you that last night? It's up for sale. Uh, I actually looked two, it up too, the listing. Yeah. And like I was looking for, I wanted to see if they listed the the uh, the uh, the hole in the ceiling that has never <laughs> been able to be repaired. Like I wanted to yeah. see if they had it. Unfortunately, they didn't have it on there. But I remember asking you last night, I was like, well, if if it's never been able to been repaired, like how how is this house not flooded? You know, due to like the elements. Yeah. But I guess you were saying that, oh, it's not the actual roof roof. It's like the roof above, like I guess the card yeah. table. Yeah, it's just one. The first floor has the hole through it, and let's say, and the okay. actual roof itself doesn't. Um, they must have been able to fix it, apparently. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, it's up for sale for two and a half million. If you if you have a you know pocket change in your pocket, you could. By yourself, we could yeah, trade in <laughs> trade in your uh, cryptocurrency. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, but we were talking last night. How okay? Yeah, that's the story that's been you know presented. That's the sexy yes, story that's yeah. been presented. Um, you were talking about you know they did renovations to the home, and actually when they did renovations to the home, they act like you said this is a hundred percent true. You know, fact yes. checked um, by all the. Uh, the greatest fact checkers that existed in time, um, not Snopes paid by George. All, those. <laughs> mm-hmm. all the ones not paid by George Soros and the globalists. Um, but they actually found a baby skeleton uh, within the walls of the tapestry room. Correct? Yes, that's true. That's true. And, and uh, yeah, it's said to be. Uh, they think it's probably Lady Anne's baby mm-hmm. um, that could have came about when this visitor came to the house. They could have ended up having an affair and she would maybe have gotten pregnant out of wedlock, which is very frowned upon, upon in those days. So like this is like a, maybe an explanation for the, the legend where the, the stranger could have been either sent away or they could have had a, a, a duel with the father or something like this. He could have ended up dying or just being sent away, never to return. So Lady Anne basically locked herself away in this room or was locked away and she could have had this baby but the baby died for some reason and they basically built it into the wall, uh, built the, the baby, buried it into the wall, let's say. Um, so Lady Anne did end up dying in that room and stuff, but they say it's either because of that, where it was like a a baby outside of marriage, or the fact that maybe she had some sort of mental illness mm-hmm. or mental disability. And so instead of um, this big family with this huge reputation in the amongst the, the the locals instead of admitting that one of theirs has a mental illness or whatever they'd rather lock her away in a room and make forget up, about her yeah and potentially make up this uh this myth of the devil uh mm-hmm. visiting and you know causing his havoc and that could almost be more acceptable than admitting that they had that, some sort of mental illness so that's truth, could yeah. be an explanation to the legend as well yeah, and that's what the road that I kind of like land on because it's just like I have older relatives that are from, you know, Newfoundland, Canada that, that to even to this day they very much frown upon, you know, uh wedlock, you know, children born without yeah. without, you know, marriage. You know, they're very religious people. Um but like I think about that and I'm like, wow, 
let's let's go back a few hundred years where that's probably even more of a taboo. And then you say that okay, they're they're landlords of this mm-hmm. place, and they're you know they're very much because I, I always relate everything to like Game of Thrones and whatnot. Like they're a noble family where it's just like yeah. they got to be the top echelons, like with no flaws and. You know, like they're the beacon of what every peasant should, you know, strive to be, you know, or want to be or fantasize to be and whatnot. And to have like that, that stain of, oh, okay, she had a child out of wedlock from a stranger she met a couple of days ago. And oh, yeah, by the way, she has like some sort of mental illness. Like, you know, the family cannot have that. So they need the devil, you know, some kind of monster to come. And this is the reason for, you know, her being locked away and passing away and whatnot. And let's just, for whatever reason, let's just fucking bury the baby in the wall. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know why they did that really, but. <laughs> yeah. That, that that still boggles my mind why that had to yeah. happen. It's a strange one. And even now they have um, in the tapestry room, did they have a, a baby doll in a hole in the in the wall? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> they really leaned into that one, huh? <laughs> They're really leaning on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's why I do believe that, that that place is legitimately haunted because you know, you think about that loss, you know, the loss of, you know, who knows? She probably loved that gentleman, you know, or had some kind of, you know, fixation on him. You know, I always mention I had a really dark, you know, 2011, you know, due to a really fucked up breakup and whatnot. And, you know, that can do that to somebody that can, you know, resurface, you know, underlying, you know, mental issues and whatnot, you know, that, that could be an explanation for that. You know, then not only that, she lost her baby. I can't imagine you know, the heartache that must feel to be able to lose a baby. And then it was like buried in the wall. Like you mm-hmm. got to imagine when you, when you think of Lady Anne, like, like all the grief that she had within that building. So when people talk about like the hauntings and her going up and down, you know, the, the staircase or her, you know, be, you know, looking over, you know, that gentleman's bed and whatnot. I tend to believe that because like whenever you think of hauntings, there's always like some sad story, you know, behind like the legitimacy yeah. of that ghost. Yeah, some traumatic event of some kind, maybe leaving some sort of imprint memory on yeah. imprint exactly on the the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I think I have probably I think one more story I could tell you before we move on to Leap Castle, which is even more stories. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, there's one story I was working on the reception, and this one lady came up to me, and she was kind of half afraid to talk to me, like she was kind of, oh, I have I have a sort of story. I, I have a story, but I don't know if you'll believe me kind of thing. And mm. uh, so she ended up telling me that she stayed at the house when it was a, a, a nunnery or a convent and it was a school for girls. And she was probably, you know, 10, 9, 10, 11 or whatever it was. Um, so she was back there. That was probably 40 years ago. And she stayed in the house and she woke up in the middle of the night and she would have been in like a dormitory where other girls uh, sleeping in the beds, you know, different beds around her. And uh, she woke up in the middle of the night. Apparently, she was floating above the bed, uh, maybe a few feet in the air. And all the other girls saw her and started coming over to her and grabbing her and trying to pull her back down and pull her back down. And, and this woman was telling me, like, she wasn't telling me, you know, she wasn't looking for an audience. She wasn't looking for, I don't know. She just wanted to tell me this because. Yeah. As if, like, maybe I would believe her because I worked there. Kind of thing, you know what yeah. I mean? So it was an interesting story. It's like there, she had no motivation for telling me. Like she wasn't, you know, looking for anything. Um, and it's like the same with yourself, with your own story. Like you've mo- no motivation to tell that story. It's just something happened, happened yeah, to you. Yeah, it's you just a want legitimate to experience. Like, this yeah. Is it, like, yeah. So it makes it all the more believable in, in, in a sense as well. 
in that way. Yeah. Um, but I suppose if you want it, we can move on to Leap Castle. Leap Castle. And I'm glad you're clarifying that for us because, uh, like I was saying yesterday during the last recording, um, you hear, I mean, it's, it's that's how it's spelled. It's spelled how, yep. you know, we say the word leap, you know, to leap, yep. to jump around, to jump, jump up, for, jump yeah. up and get down, you know, to reference, you know, that House of Pain song. House of Pain. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's how it's spelled, and but everyone pronounces it Lep Castle, and I was like, okay, yeah. maybe that's you know this that's the proper pronunciation. But you know, to set it in stone, to set it in Druidic stone, that's how you say the name <laughs> of this castle. Correct? Is Leap Castle? Pretty much, yeah. I've only ever heard Americans say Lep. So. Okay, <laughs> we fucked it up just like we fuck up everything yeah. else, man. Our St. Saint Pat- <laughs> Patty's Day is ah. I, got, I gave out to you for. <laughs> no T's, just all D's, baby. It's all D's, all the D's, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Double D's. Yeah. All right, but let's go ahead and jump into that Leap yeah. Castle. So Leap Castle, it's uh, based in Cool Derry in County Offaly, uh, which is in pretty much smack dab in the center of Ireland. And it was built back in 1250 by the O'Bannon clan. And it was originally called Lame We Bannon, which basically means Le- Leap of the O'Bannons. And uh, basically the story why it's called Leap of the O'Bannons is that these two brothers of the O'Bannon clan, they wanted to build a castle on this particular rock, but they couldn't decide who would build the castle. So in their generous wisdom, they decided that... <laughs> They would both jump from this rock, as in a rock. I mean, it's not, you know, a, fo- a few foot of a rock. This is probably like a, a, a side of a mountain almost. You know what yeah. I mean? Like jutting out of the side of a hill. Um, so these guys decided that they'd jump off or leap off this rock, and whoever would survive would build a castle. So lo and behold, they jumped. One died, and one survived, and one and that survivor built the castle. So then it became known as. Leap, leap of the O'Bannons. Leap of the O'Bannons. <laughs> and eventually Leap Castle. Um, so, yeah, that was a, an odd way of... Have you any stories of... Ever hear a story of that happening before? Just jump off a you know, a, a mountain in order to... To settle a dispute. Settle the differences, yeah. I <laughs> think that's crazy, like... Uh, we have that here, but I think it's called like motocross. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or the x games yeah i think how that's how a lot of those games get started like somebody like in you know some redneck ass town like they're like well i want to jump off this and i'm gonna turn into an export so i mean yeah. there's some residue there <laughs> um yeah yeah but the um the obanians were actually uh the secondary chieftains you could say of the territory and they were basically under the banner of the o'carroll clan um which were basically they were horrible bastards in their own right as well but uh it's actually said that the the castle was built upon an old ancient stone structure from possibly 500 bc so it's over two and a half thousand years old even maybe even a lot older and it could be druidic uh monuments of some sort uh but this kind of goes we'll talk about this a little later when we talk about the the elemental spirit Yes, it's its, its own story, um, but basically, uh, when we we'll skip, there's lots of history, but we'll skip to the main main parts, I suppose you could say. Correct. So in 1532, uh, it's probably you know 500 years ago, um, the Mulrooney O'Carroll, which was the leader of the O'Carroll clan, he died. So basically, caused this power vacuum uh, where 
his sons became fierce rivals in order to claim the throne or claim the chieftainship. And one of these brothers was a priest and one of them was just a regular warrior, I suppose you could say. So the priest one day was holding mass or church in the chapel of the castle. And reportedly, he had started the mass before the brother had got there, which was kind of a rude thing to do, apparently. But the brother already kind of, you know, on edge because of this rivalry, saw this and he went cracked, he went mad. When he did come into the, into the chapel, he ended up walking straight up to the priest as the priest was on the altar saying his hums and has and <laughs> basically stabbed him in mm. the guts and basically gutted the, the guy. And the priest ended up dying on the altar in front of his whole family, pretty much. And uh, that then became known as the Bloody Chapel. Mm-hmm. One of the most so haunted has... portions of the castle. Exactly, exactly. And even to this day, there is reported to be a luminescence or a light of some sort emanating from within this Bloody Chapel. And even the current owners gets calls from his neighbours saying, hey, Sean, um... I see a light on the chapel again. Are you sure there's no one in, in there? And of course, Sean's like, oh, no, no one here. I'll go check it. But, you know, the light's probably gone off by the time he gets there. Yeah. So, and, it's, you know, it's a common occurrence and there's dark, shadowy figures walking around the place as well. And I was and looking at videos on this one too. Part. <laughs> yeah, this is one part of the castle, like the yeah. main part or the, the, the front part, I want to say, that you can see from the road. And I was looking at videos this morning on this. And, you know, just to make sure, you know, what I'm saying is correct, but there's like no electricity in there. And even to get access to the chapel or the bloody chapel, um, you have to go up like the stair, the spiral stairway. So it's not an easy, uh, an e- easy pop in and out, you know, of no. this place. Like it's a mission to get to this portion of the castle as well. So right then and there, like, you know, Sean, Sean Ryan, who owns the castle now, That's right. um, he's not the most in shape person. He doesn't move uh, <laughs> very gracefully. He's not like the Greek freak, you know, Giannis, you know, Andacatacompo or whatever. Right. So he's, you know, it's not, it's going to take him a while to get up there, you know, to light some candles. He's not like he can flip a switch on. So there's got to be something to that. And even before he owned this castle, there was reports of lights in there because for, for yeah. decades, this castle was abandoned. You know, I guess um, in 1922, there was a great fire, you know, where it was, you know, the castle was set on fire twice and, you know, it was abandoned for, you know, a couple of decades. People still, you know, that would go down that road, they would report, hey, that there was light up there. You know, there was candlelight yeah. up there. And so it's just like, how do you explain that? You know, mm-hmm. which we'll probably get into. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then I suppose uh, the next chapter of the house's hi- or the castle's history, I suppose you could say, was in 1659. It was passed to the Darby family mm-hmm. and uh, Jonathan Darby and uh, Mildred. Do you want to tell the people about Mildred before I? Uh, yes, Mildred. She was a pretty interesting character. I mean, I'm sure she was a lovely lady, you know, very, you know, you know, uh, very good looking. She probably would have been a cover model of People magazine at one point. But um, <laughs> she was uh, known to be a writer of graphic or gothic novels at the time and actually uh, performed seances within the castle. And uh, she would actually write into, I believe it was called the Occult Times or something like mm. that, of her yeah. experiences that she would have. So, you know, she would be playing, 
you know, with the spirit boards or, you know, which is like a Ouija board, you know, nowadays. Um, but she would hold like all these like occult practices in there. And a lot of people say that, you know, because of her doing that, like she kind of awoken a lot of spirits or mm. elementals, if you will. Potentially, um, yeah. Potentially. Um, also, too, I believe during this time, is this like where they also found the obliet? That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so when they, when the Darbys had, um, you know, this, uh, this castle, when it was in their name, uh, you know, they, again, everybody that gets the castle, you know, they want to do, you know, some renovations, you know, and they, they want to spruce the place up, you know, they want to bring it up to, you know, whatever modern times it is. So, you know, she's doing, you know, her seances and whatnot, but she's also, um, you know, they've discovered within the bloody chapel, this thing called an obliette, which is kind of like a dungeon slash trap door. Uh, the yeah. best way I could put a visual on it for people, our generation, it's kind of like mortal Kombat, like the pit, you know, you do the <laughs> uppercut or whatnot, and you know, the people fall down in the pit. Um, I don't think you have to fight reptile at the bottom of the pit, but you know, there's spikes that you can fall on. Uh, but it's like an eight foot drop, you know, with all these spikes. And you know, when they, when they found this obliet, which in French, it means to be forgotten, uh, yeah. They found three cartfuls of bones uh, that had to be taken out, and they actually found like a pocket watch uh, that had a date on it that said 1840. So from at least we're assuming this person bought, you know, that you know, the fell in the obliet, uh, <laughs> he bought this watch brand new and died the next day. Uh, yeah. So at least to 1840, you know, they they were still dropping people in this obliet, and it took three cartfuls uh, to. Um, get everybody out but they also say not only with her doing the seances and the tarot cards and the spirit boards and not whatnot awoken spirits uh, but they do believe also too that you know the removing of the remains of all these you know dead people um in this murder dungeon this obliette you know awakened you know some something within the castle and so she writes into uh, i'm just going to call it the occult times uh, she um, reports that, you know, hey, she was, let's just say she was washing the dishes, you know, she was just getting done, drying her hands, and she feels like this cold grasp on her shoulder, and she goes and she turns around and she smells like this god-awful stench that smells like sulfur, or what she also describes is also like rotting flesh, and she turns around and she sees like this 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 thing, this it, uh, which th- she called it that um, looked about to be the size of a sheep and kind of, you know, had like this scraggly hair, but was human-esque in a way. Mm. Uh, But instead of having eyes and a nose, it just had three dark holes. And um, all of a sudden she could feel like all the atmosphere around her, like kind of closing in on her, as well as like the room temperature, like just just slowly, slowly becoming colder and colder. Mm. And she could feel like this overwhelming, like feeling of dread, which, other people later on, you know, that would do like ghost investigations and whatnot would run into what they would call this elemental spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The elemental is, it's kind of a, a unique spirit that this is the Correct. only one I've heard of in all the Irish places that I kind of know anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this elemental, I suppose, is, is supposedly able to alter the atmospheric pressure mm-hmm. in the room and generally kind of lowers it makes it very cold and uh it's supposed to be it's supposed to be able to like fluctuate the atmosphere and cause what could be known as, as serotonin hyperfunction syndrome it basically causes um like heart palpitations dizziness uh chills tremors and fatigue and all this kind of stuff it basically kind of drains the life out of you almost mm-hmm. and uh 
it's supposed to yeah it's, it's supposed to stench have a really strong stench like sulfur and uh and there's even this one this one story is this guy this tv cameraman he decided to go down into one of these cellars in order to try out a particular uv camera or something like that but he ended up seeing this white mist kind of flowing towards him and he went into him apparently he went through him and he felt this kind of stab in his ribs and he felt like the life was literally draining out of him and he could say that i was he felt like he was dying mm-hmm. because of this this spirit kind of draining his life out of it um but yeah apparently yeah the oubliette find that oubliette and removing of the three cartloads of bodies so apparently like 150 different bodies mm. that were just thrown into this pit and forgotten about yeah which um which you know it has to be horrifying imagine being thrown down into this pit even if you survived the fall you'd just be laying among countless you know dead uh, people rotting corpses and you're just stuck there you, you can't get out there's no entrance no exit way except for the hole that you drop through yeah and i doubt that they're throwing down food to you so no. you're just about to starve you know yeah and which so is a really that, torturous way to die yeah, you know it's absolutely brutal yeah um but yeah history medieval history full of that kind of stuff absolutely horrible horrible stuff um but yeah apparently this um moving these bodies and the fact that this occultist writer and stuff was in the house apparently could have stirred up the spirits and and caused this elemental to come about but apparently the elemental won't appear until you unless you provoke it correct so the current owner hasn't seen it and they're not about to go around doing a zach baggins hey come out <laughs> elemental come at me bro swigging so a monster in your drink <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying That's to ask pretty, yeah I want. I have. I know Zach Baggins actually did go to Leap Castle, but I haven't mm-hmm. seen the episode. I wonder did he try going around and calling out this elemental? I, I'll have to check that. <laughs> I looked up clips of it this morning because I was curious too. Because the lost recording, we had like a yes. whole uh, subsection where we're talking about <laughs> Zach Baggins, and I really wanted to see like what he was, what he had to say about it. And the only clip that was available that I saw, I'm sure it's like you know out there somewhere. I have to pay for like you know Discovery Plus or something to watch that yeah, episode. Yeah. But the clip that I saw, it just showed him in the the bloody chapel. And you know we were kind of talking shit about you know Zach Baggins, you know, kind of being disrespectful to like these hundred places. But he actually looked like legitimately like scared because like he yeah. was just like it showed him in there and they showed him the oubliette. They showed him like you know what was down in there and whatnot. And you could just kind of tell, like, you know, when a person is just kind of taken aback, like, it was, like, a little overwhelming for him because he was Mm. talking a little bit slower, talking at a, uh, for whatever reason, like, talking a little bit softer as well. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is a side of Zach Baggins I have not seen before. (laughs) Yeah, he's usually loud and proud and, you know... Yeah, he's a, he's a funny dude. He, he he did visit Loftus Hall as well, actually. And oh yeah, apparently they used the Xbox Connect camera at the time to <laughs> capture some sort of a. It's like a little almost if you watch it back, it's like a little man sitting on the, mm. the shoulders of one of the other guys as you sitting at the card table, and then I think they went to the top, very top floor of the hall and they saw at the end of the corridor a door slam shut, kind of like the door that happened to me. But um, yeah. But yeah, I must look up that laugh at the leap Zach Baggins at Leap Castle and see if we have a good laugh at it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but there's obviously plenty more ghosts as well in Leap Castle, like Leap Castle. the Red Lady, as well. Correct. Like we have we have the Red Lady who is reportedly a very tall woman that walks around the grounds, and obviously she's in a red dress where she gets her name, but she's also seen uh, carrying a dagger. 
in her hand in a kind of a menacing way as if like I'm going to stab you like uh, mm-hmm. like psycho what you call him <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, she has this kind of strange light about her as well like kind of like the chapel she has this kind of strange luminescence from within her almost and there's a, a story of uh, one person sleeping in one of the bedrooms on a Halloween night uh, one year and they woke up they're kind of half asleep probably and they saw this woman in a red dress with this kind of glowing woman standing at the end of their bed kind of like Lady Anne in Loftus Hall uh, but they were like you know rubbing their eyes trying to see you know she's still there she was still there but then they, they flicked the match you know uh, flicked on a match as you would and uh, yeah she as soon as the light of the match uh, filled the room then she was gone mm-hmm. um, but apparently the backstory of her the Red Lady herself was apparently she was um, captured by the O'Carroll clan back in the day and she could have been raped by someone of the O'Carroll clan and she could have had a baby then from that, that rape, let's say. And uh, it said that the baby was then killed because the family didn't have the resources to feed it. Uh, so as soon as the baby was killed then, she got the knife that the baby was killed with and ended up killing herself. Um, so that obviously a very traumatic uh, situation that could have left uh, some sort of ghostly residue on the on the castle. Yeah, it's a lot like, you know, Loftus Hall with Lady Anne where it's just like, I cannot imagine, you know, that happening to her. It's, it's I mean, it's bad enough to lose a child. Like, let's just say, you know, the child had like some sort of disease or something like that or some kind of, you know, illness. But to have like, you know, to be raped, you know, that's, that's a whole trauma on its own. And then the child that you or that you bear, you know, from that rape, be murdered. Like I can only imagine how much pain, you know, she was suffering at that time. And you mentioned like that's another imprinted residue that I can see, like you know, giving way yeah. to some kind of paranormal activity. And you know, all throughout, you know, and it, her her um, her story, you know, doesn't you know just come up, you know, after you know Mildred um, Darby gets there. Like it's been like her spirit, like has been there, you know, since, you know, you know, a lot of the other families had taken over Leap Castle as well. So she's like a spirit that has been there for quite a while, lurking the grounds and whatnot. Mm, Absolutely. And she's just one of the other ghosts. So there's more as well. Uh, They have little girls (laughs) called Emily and Charlotte, two young girls have seen around the house. Uh, Apparently one of the girls, uh, Emily, she died when she was 11. She fell off one of the castle walls like. Uh, well, brand, brand the, the broken, broken. <laughs> <laughs> Game of Thrones baby Game of Thrones um, but she which was actually filmed a lot of it was filmed in Ireland if if you didn't know you know you know mm-hmm. um, but she fell off the battlements and uh, so apparently for years after people have been seeing this young girl fall from the battlements and then go to find out you know there's no one there kind of thing um, but then Charlotte the other girl that apparently uh, walks around with a either a deformed leg or some sort of broken leg and she kind of drags the leg behind her as she I think she's looking for Emily or she's looking Correct. for her sister in different stories and then there's other story you were saying last night yourself you want to you want to say about that yeah sure um yeah a couple of people um you know visitors to the castle because again like we mentioned uh right now the musician Sean Ryan he owns the the castle and it's pretty much his private residence, but, you know, anybody that, you know, wants to go for a tour of the place or explore it or whatever, he's very open to letting people come. Um, and there's, you know, a few people that, you know, have gone, you know, on their own, you know, you know, journey. And, you know, they come back and said, like, yeah, like, you know, I remember walking on the outside grounds of the castles, looking up, you know, at the highest peak. 
and I saw a girl on top of the castle, and I just saw her slip again, just like Brand the Broken. You know, when mm. Jamie Lannister pushes him out the window, I just see her fall, and I you know go to rush to you know capture you know catch her or break her fall, so that way you know she doesn't splat on the ground, and then all of a sudden she just disappears. Now that same woman that was telling that story said her husband concurrently, you know, when he was doing, you know, his own investigation around the castle, a little girl with a leg, you know, that was limping was like asking him, hey, can you help me find my sister? She, she's gone lost. Uh, we, we were running around. We were playing on the castle roof and I can no longer find her. And then I guess he said something, too, where it's just like, you know, she turned around and did something and she, he couldn't find her either. She just disappeared within thin air. And again, a lot of people say like they see little girls, you know, here or there, you know, running about the castle. Even Sean Ryan, I was watching an interview with him this morning uh, where he was talking about that as well. Where he's just like, yes, you know, there's there's a little girls, you know, that, you know, I always hear them, you know, running about. And he goes, we haven't had children in this area in many, many years. And he's just like, mm. I know it's Charlotte and Emily. And I was just like, wow, like that is. And he said it so like nonchalant, too. It was just like, yeah. oh, wow. Like he. He like he knows like all of these ghosts are present, and he talks to he talks about them like they're just his friends. Yeah, he's just he's just used to them. He's like, oh, there's Charlotte now. Hello, Charlotte. <laughs> Hope you're doing well today. <laughs> I'll leave some cookies and, yeah, and milk he, out for you. He, yeah, and he talks about uh, in the Oubliette as well. There's a apparently a, a dark shadowy figure that lives there. But the mm-hmm. thing is, with these ghosts, um, a lot of them actually move around the whole grounds they're not stuck in a particular room as you might imagine a ghost might be or whatever but they, they move around and you're saying the girls um they have what's it, the, the duchess or the grand duchess or what's her name the um the woman that's been seen with the girls to kind of she kind of uh, oh yes it's almost like a um like a oh, like a headmeister or something like that. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, but yeah she's basically like the headmistress or something like that yeah um, yeah, she could be She's seen with, seen. uh, the, yeah, with them as well. So it's like Sean was telling me, was not telling me personally, but was saying on the video, he was saying <laughs> that like, he has an you know assumption that maybe she has something to do with him. Um, maybe yeah. some kind of guilt, you know, that, you know, she was supposed to be watching the children you know, and then yeah. they, they fell under her watch. So now she's like with them to guard them. But yeah, she can be seen, you know, kind of like corralling the children, you know, through the halls and the corridors of the castle. Mm. And then you have other spirits as well. Apparently, there's a an old man that sits beside the grave fireplace, mm-hmm. and you have monks with their their tonsures, you know, the, yeah. the ring of hair. <laughs> <laughs> they can be seen walking around in the ro- in the monk robes, uh, coming in and out of uh, the priest house. Actually, if you wanna, do you wanna tell tell about the priest house? Yeah. So. Um there's actually, I mean, it, there's a castle, but there's other buildings like around the castle. Uh, one of them is called the Priest House. And a lot of people, you know, like we were mentioning earlier, when, you know, they see the illumination within the bloody chapel, uh, they'll see like, you know, a man, you know, walking about the grounds. And a lot of people, you know, that will go down the road that the castle is on, they'll see him and they're like, huh, that doesn't look like anybody that we know that's supposed to be there. And, you know, and then upon a further, you know, you know, investigation of what's going on. It's like a, like a straight up like monk, like <laughs> with the tenture hair, like a Friar Tuck, you know, from Robin Hood, yeah. if you will. Uh, very old looking monk, um, you know, just, just happen, just walking about, you know, the ground, just kind of like inspecting uh, the area and then just all of a sudden just disappearing. And then every once in a while uh, within the priest's house, you will also see like some illumination and it's illuminated and there's nobody in it. There's not electricity to be, you know, that could explain like, you know, a switch maybe being lit up or some leftover, you know, uh, 
Christmas lights or something, if you will. But then all of a sudden, like they'll just go out as soon as somebody like happens upon it. Yep, that's it. Uh, and um, I suppose to kind of continue on with the history of the hall or the the castle. In, uh, in 1922, it was actually burnt out completely mm-hmm. by the uh, the Irish during the Irish Civil War, mm-hmm. which is a whole other portion of our history. Uh, it was about 100 years ago. Today was actually our Irish Civil or not today, this year, our Irish Civil War and our fight for independence from the, the British, um, which was not in the right order. It was our f- fight for independence. Ugh, I can't talk now. Our <laughs> fight for independence from the British. And then when we got our independence, we started squabbling and we had a civil war which was horrible. Um, but it was during this time in 1922, the castle was burned down because apparently they wanted to maybe renovate it more. So they ended up, you know, upping the rents of all the peasants and, you know, the tenants around the place. So mm-hmm. the, the Irish didn't like that so much. So they had this, there was a lot of English manors and houses being burned down at the time. So Leap Castle was just another one to be burned down. Uh, but it was ruins for 50 years or so. And in, and in 1974, an Australian historian built it or bought it called uh, Peter Bartlett. And he was to start restoring the castle as much as he could until he died in 89. And then Sean Ryan, the musician himself, uh, he bought it and in 91. And it's been kind of continuously restoring it ever since. And he has stories of contractors coming in uh, to come in and he hired them to come in and have a look at the place and they could be measuring up, you know, uh, the doors and the walls and stuff like that. But then this one contractor suddenly left the middle of the day. So he just kind of grabbed his tools out the door in his van down the road and gone <laughs> without any explanation. Any ex- explanation. Uh, he just, he must have got an awful, awful spook and, and left. And then there's other stories where Sean be working on the house himself he'd be in a room he could be over here hammering at something and his tools would be behind him he'd turn around to pick up the next tool and all of a sudden the tools would be gone and they mm-hmm. could be gone missing and then he'd have to find spend time going looking for them and that kind of thing um and then and also too like felt, a, yeah the, the ladder story on, uh where he's like yeah, on the he, outside grounds of the ladder like he's doing like some you know patching up of like the wall or something and then all of a sudden like the the ladder just slowly just starts uh, falling and i believe this is like when he also like his kneecap like you know you bust his mm. kneecap off of his leg and i'm just like holy shit and he's yeah. like he was saying one of the interviewers were asking him about that he goes why are you so nonchalant you know about all these spirits when obviously they were like at warfare with you when you originally moved into the house and he goes well i can understand it you know these are spirits and entities that have been here before me and they're going to be here even after I'm gone. So I've kind of made peace with that. I kind of understand. I'm kind of infringing upon, you know, you know, where they've lived, you know, at this point. So we've kind of all made a peace. Like, I don't mess with them. They don't mess with me anymore. And, you know, I'll hear them, you know, about, you know, during the night or, you know, even, you know, when it's quiet here during the day. Like, I'll hear them and I'll just try to pay them as little mind as possible because, you know, we kind of have like that unspoken agreement now. But at yeah. first, when he first moved in there, yeah, he was breaking ankles. Uh, <laughs> he was busting kneecaps off, uh, you know, falling off ladders. And, and, yeah, they were doing some damage on him. Yeah, yeah. And apparently to this day, you could actually, well, before the whole pandemic, you could actually kind of just visit the, the hall or the, sorry, the, the castle and he would open his doors to you and he'd show you around. I don't, you can't really stay there. It's not a hotel or anything like that. But, mm. he'd, you know, he'd invite people in, have a cup of tea, show them around, show them the oubliette, show them the bloody chapel and tell a few stories and that kind of thing. So um, as soon as I can, I'm off up to Offaly 
and see if I can get in and talk to Sean. <laughs> How far of a drive do a would podcast with him, sure, wouldn't it? <laughs> Dude, yeah, you better do that. Take that sure SM7B up there, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much Leap Castle in a nutshell. There's probably a hell of a lot more to talk about, but we could be here for the rest of the night, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole, we could start our own podcast uh, talking about that, but we won't do that to you today. We'll introduce you to the idea of fucking <laughs> Haunted Castle, but... Uh, with that said, um, like you said, it's probably like a good spot to, you know, to put a pin in on it for now. Um, hopefully we can do more episodes like this with you, sir. Um, yeah. With art here, not, you know, a quiet yes. Grogu. Um, we had art here yesterday, so it's not like art quit the podcast or anything. <laughs> um, but, you know, we just had to re-record what we recorded last night. Art, unfortunately, is stuck at work and not able to... Um, which I understand, you know, last minute, yeah. you know, thing. thankful thankful that you were able to come back on, you know, the next day um, and do this episode course, with us. Yeah. You know, we knocked it out of the park again, sir. And so I thank you so ah, much. <laughs> uh, you're part of the Art and Jacob Do America family. So I thank you so ah. much for coming on. Hopefully Thanks we get much. to do more episodes like this in the future, you know. Um, so uh, with that said, do uh, you want to go ahead and plug? Because you actually have some music and a podcast uh, out there, sir. Yeah. I, I have I um I release country music, uh but it's not you know if you like Johnny Cash if you like maybe Waylon Jennings you might kind of like my stuff, mm-hmm. uh, so I have uh, music out on Spotify and iTunes if you look up Copper Kelly you'll find me, and uh, also have my own uh, podcast uh, podcast called the Folk and Around Podcast, excellent uh, name right there, to, exactly yeah, and uh, we talk to kind of folk and country musicians in Ireland and actually our la- one of our latest episodes is a guy in Nashville. Um, but I actually didn't tell you this last night. We act- I actually ask random questions at the end of the podcast to these musicians. Like musicians are generally asked the same kind of questions mm-hmm. all the time. When did you get started in music? Who are your influences? Oh, you know, that kind of boring questions. Mm-hmm. Where I kind of throw curveballs at them. And I, I asked them, do you have any ghost stories? So I always ask that. And I get middling results. I had one guy, this young guy, he's about 17. He told us, um, oh, I, I end up, I kind of, I see spirits walking around. I can kind of... He sees dead people. Him, but then he, <laughs> yeah. But he ended up wanting to cut it out because maybe he might think people would think he's weird or whatever. <laughs> um, but um, our latest episode was a guy called Gary Gamble. He's this entertainer from Donegal up the top of the county. Uh, so it's a very strong accent. Oh, okay. And stuff of this kind of this kind of singy-songy accent. Um, but he... I asked him the question. He was not expecting the question. And he went on for about half an hour talking about this haunted house that he once lived in and it's something similar to your own stories there were mm. shadowy figures men with no faces there was snakes there was oh, doors wow. closing things like poltergeist activity almost throwing wine bottles around the place and he wanted he talked about half an hour about this thing and this is like a country music podcast so i kind of <laughs> I, I throw it on his head <laughs> so he's totally so it's like you were saying with um the lady that was telling you about her levitation story like he had no yeah. motivation to tell it like it was no. just something that happened to him that he just yeah. genuinely wanted to share exactly and he had no idea i was going to ask him this uh, he came on talking about his music and his shows and stuff, and I throw a curveball, cold stories. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, I lived in this <laughs> house for a few years, <laughs> and so I kind of catch people out, and you kind of get the gold that way. You know what I mean? And I had this other, I had, I had a drag queen tell me about how she had a haunted wig that turned around when she was looking at it, and all this kind of is 
Wow. Some crazy stuff, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so check out that podcast, Folkin' Around, everybody, available on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. You can hear about the, the transgender wig that uh, turned around. That sounds like one of those, like, <laughs> cartoons from, like, the 80s that, like, they look like a Disney movie but are not quite a Disney movie. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> a Tim Burton, like, early creation and whatnot. Um, but, again, sir, thank you for coming on. I sure hope you come on again. Uh, we can do some more uh, castle stories or even any anything else you want to talk about. Um, but with that said, guys, make sure you check out Art and Jacob on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Uh, make sure you go to Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Art Jacob Do America, and sign up to our Patreon. $1 gets you a bonus episode every single week where you know we sat down. We actually have part of <laughs> the missing interview that we did yesterday, uh, the first 30 I minutes guess. of it, as well as a, another, you know, Patreon episode that we did before, you know, this interview. Um, but you'll get a bonus episode every single week. And like I say every week to you guys, more times than not, the Patreon episodes end up being more entertaining than the actual episode at hand. Um, again, you know, there's probably the same case uh, this week as well. Um, so check that out. Um, if you want to buy some of our merch, just head over to tpublic.com and just search for Art and Jacob Do America where you'll find um, some of our designs there. Uh, one of those designs uh, designed by the great and powerful Nicole Smith Botch. Uh, you can check out her stuff. Uh, she has her website, uh, SKR Apparel, at skrapparel.com. Got Shout the out to Nicole. She's a friend of mine on Instagram and that as well. Yeah, she's a friend to everybody. She's Mrs. Yeah. Worldwide. She's like Mrs. Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's, she's friends with people I know here in Bakersfield that I know don't even uh, know podcasts. Um, so that shout out to her. Uh, keep doing the Lord's work, uh, being the great person that you are. Um, speaking of uh, the podcast family, make sure you check out the Podbelly Network, where you are official members of Podbelly Network, where you can, see, if you like our podcast, you can probably check out other podcasts that you would like, probably even a little bit more, such as the podcast that binds us all together in this small community, the Sofa King Podcast. Shout out to Brent, Dave, and Brad. Uh, check out my homie um, Eddie. His podcast is on there at the RRBG Podcast, where he interviews a famous musician, comedian, actor every single week. I don't know how he does it, but I know his uh, Cuban ass moved out to Hollywood, so he's making moves and know doing big things out there uh, check him out as well as check out other great podcasts such as project project reclamation and uh, the podcast so if you want to hear some more paranormal tales but uh with that said copper do you got anything else man no that's i think that's everything covered it all too yeah so um just like last night i think it's only proper uh that we end uh, this yeah, episode top up <laughs> I have my Schlein Irish whiskey. I drank a glass as we were talking, so I have to top up. No, <laughs> well, I got a little bit of Jameson here. I don't normally drink, but I'll drink for you, okay? So I got a little no, bit I'll of Jameson too. in here in the mug. So with that said, I'll let you lead us in a toast, sir. Yeah, and as we say in Ireland, Schlanta. Schlanta. Mm. All right, everybody. Have a beautiful night. In mystical Ireland, where the fairies can weave a web to catch mortals, who can say for sure? If you think you're the sort of person who'll never see a ghost, think again. Ghosts have a habit of springing surprises, and the next person to see one 
could be you. It's like that and like this and like that, man. It's like this. Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.